0: It's Brooke Eagle, and we're back with one more episode of the Forsyth Magazine's podcast. And today I have Major Wiley, and he is the area commander for the Salvation Army of Greater Winston-Salem. How are you today?
1: Doing fine, thank you.
0: Thanks for coming on to chat with me.
1: Thanks for having us. Pleasure yeah. to be here.
0: Yeah. So I want to dive in um, to what the Salvation Army is, because we before we started recording, um, I want you to say again what you said. What do people think of when they think of Salvation Army?
1: When you, when you ask people what they know about the Salvation Army, generally the responses that we get are, I know you do good stuff, or I know you have those red buckets in front of the stores at Christmas. And usually that's that's the... The extent of the knowledge of a lot of people. Yeah. Uh,
0: I mean, there could be worse things to be known for. Exactly. I would like to be known for doing good stuff. Exactly. So I want to talk about what is that good stuff that you guys do?
1: We do a lot of things in, in our four-county area. We are the Salvation Army of Greater Winston-Salem because we serve Forsyth, Davy, Stokes, and Yadkin. Uh, so that is our area. But within that, we operate the only family emergency shelter for homeless families, um, so families who have nowhere else to go. Are finding you know a safe place in our facility, but not only a safe place with a warm bed and showers and food and all the basics, but they also work with a caseworker uh, to identify what brought them to us and how do we help them develop a plan that overcomes those challenges and positions them to be able to return to housing and to be successful. Uh, we love the people we serve. We're glad we're there for them. Our goal is not to see them return. Um, yeah. Not because we don't like them. We want them to be successful, um, and so we really do try to work with them while we have them. We do life skills classes uh, to give them some basic skills that we oftentimes take for granted, but some of the families we work for work with uh, don't have things like. How to conduct business when you walk into the bank? How do I open a bank account? Um, A lot of our folks don't know that because they've never done it. Um, And so we'll bring You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And so we'll bring in folks to try to help on some of those topics to help better position them to be successful. Uh, We operate a civic civic senior center uh, over on New Walkertown Road. A couple of days a week we have seniors coming in. Gives them socialization, and we do uh, learning topics related to uh, seniors, so lunch and learns. Uh, But we also have a lot of hand eye and mind uh, activities for them to keep them alert. Uh, One of the things they do and take very seriously is their chair volleyball. Um, They're very competitive. (laughs) You might not think it, but these seventy plus year olds will be very competitive. Oh no,
0: I believe it. (laughs) Um,
1: They do lion dancing. They do drumming. uh, Just a lot of things that require them to be active. We do field trips. We just had one. Last week, uh, it was a lot of fun, but it just gets them out of the house with people their age. And one of the things they've said to me as late as last week, it doesn't matter what we do or where we go. We just want to be together and have fellowship and be doing stuff. Yeah. Um, So so that's another program that we have. And then we uh, are known in this area for many years for having a strong Boys and Girls Club program. Uh, So during the year, it's after-school programming, and in the summer, it's summer day camp, Uh, but uh, all with an educational focus. So again, trying to position our young people, first of all, give them a safe place to be, um, free from the the gang recruitments and all of the things that are part of our society today, um, and and position them to be successful as they move from uh, their school years into adulthood.
0: Yeah, so we do want to talk a little bit more about that. Um, you guys have the Send a Kid to Camp program that's going on, and then you have your summer day camp. Tell, tell us about the summer camp options.
1: Summer camp kicked off today, so it's an exciting day at the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Send a Kid to Camp where folks can sponsor a child uh, for $55 a week. Um that is a deal. That That is a deal. $55 yeah. a week, you can be a part of providing summer camp for a child who really needs to be there and for a parent who needs that extra help and a place for their children to be. Um, one of the things that we really do focus on in our summer day camp program is learning. Um, but one of the things that I al- always challenge our staff with We've got to make it fun and we want them to learn without realizing they're learning because it's supposed to be summer break.
0: Yeah. So yeah. they want to
1: have fun. But if you can somehow incorporate that education and that learning, then it's just so helpful. Uh, statistics tell us that over two months are lost, uh, be it reading, math, those skills, two to 2.6 months are lost in summer break. Um, and so we wanna to try to make sure our children stay on track and, and don't experience that loss that is so typical. Um, and so learning is a huge part. We do tutoring in the summer as well. Um, we are in, in partnership with the school system. So for those children that are part of our program, if they have specific tutoring needs, then we have that information from the school system. And so we're able, if it's math, if it's reading, to have tutors that work with them and help them uh, to hone those skills so that they hopefully when they return to school, they're not behind where they need to be. Uh
0: So tell us the age group that, you have for the summer camp program
1: we we have all school-age children so everyone if they've been to kindergarten they're eligible for a program right on up through their senior year of high school and you would think it's a summer day camp it's mostly little children but we see a lot of teens we had we typically can have 40 or more teens in our summer program wow and majority of them male and they're there because they want to be not because mom or grandma made them they're there because they want to be there. And we believe it's because it's a positive environment. It's a safe place. And the staff love and care for them and nurture them. And so we think that's what keeps them coming back. So we're very excited about the fact that we have so many teens and we're working on the initiative to do even more for them as we move forward. So
0: That's awesome. So, Major Wiley, I want to talk about your title and the different military titles that, that people in the organization have and how long you personally have been with Salvation Army.
1: Oh. Uh, Awesome, that's, that's always a fun conversation because people don't always understand our structure. I've been with the organization, uh, this month is 39 years. Wow. So I tell people I've done it all my life uh, and that's almost completely true. <laughs> but 39 years with the organization uh, and I often tell people on my most hectic day, there's nothing else I'd rather be doing. Um, and that's true. Uh, we do have a military structure so uh, the military titles sometimes can, can confuse folks. But in the earliest days of our beginnings, in London, in the slums of London in the mid to late 1800s as the organization began to grow. I don't think the founder ever envisioned it would be what it is today, but as it began to grow and there were more people involved, he, he just realized one day we've got to have some organization. There's just, we're growing, we're advancing, we're spreading into more areas, but we don't have organization. And so in a search for what that might look like, they looked at the current military structure and thought, there's a structure that's working.
0: They've done it for us.
1: Exactly. So why not adapt something? Why reinvent the wheel? It's working. Let's adapt that. And so we did. And so from that point on, we have always had a military structure with captains and lieutenants and majors. And it's really based on years of service. I often tell people the major just means I've been around a long time. Um, but but it does give you some order um, and some organizational hierarchy as you start to to move processes and and programs and what have you uh but yeah people are always uh, major are you in the army <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a unique concept though i i love it
1: yeah it it it, it 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 does create the order and the structure that i believe has helped to move our organization forward and make us as successful as we've been over all these years so so in the uk do they still have it in the uk in the uk it so, is the same so are they lieutenants? Yeah, you're <laughs> absolutely right. In the U.K., they are left lieutenants.
0: What a history buff. So I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah.
1: But yes, absolutely. In the U.K., they are left lieutenants. The structure I watch a lot of ag- British televisions. So. Uh, it, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and the structure is the same across across the world. Anywhere the Salvation Army operates, um, that yeah, is the structure. The, the
0: Salvation Army is very much an international um, organization, right?
1: 130 countries around the world. Wow. So... We operate in places people didn't know we were operating in.
0: So have you always been with this Salvation Army in Greater Winston-Salem? I For have, 39 years? I have
1: not. I okay. came to Greater Winston-Salem at the height of the pandemic. So oh, great
0: timing. <laughs> yeah. It was a very, well, welcome
1: to our beautiful city.
0: <laughs> thank, was,
1: thank you. It was a very interesting time to, to transition into a place where you've never lived and try yeah. to get connected when people are working from home and people aren't taking meetings and nobody wants face-to-face and you're the new guy and trying to get connected. So, uh, But no, I, have, I grew up in Eastern North Carolina. So okay. I tell people it's nice to have NC at the end of my address again um, because... because... Because for 27 years, I was in assignments across North and South Carolina. And then after 27 years of enjoying the Carolinas, I was assigned to the headquarters in Washington, D.C. for Virginia, uh, suburban Maryland, and the district, where I was third in command of the region and handled all the business uh, outside of the finance department. All the rest of the business functions for that region came under my supervision. Um, and for, for six years, I functioned in D.C. every day. So for this wow. little Eastern North Carolina guy... <laughs> Wait, that nobody functions in well, D.C. <laughs> 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 you adapt. You adapt. My, my first couple of weeks, the traffic alone was nuts and I would be so frustrated when I got to the office. Yeah. And my staff would say, Major, just hang on. You'll get used to it. And I would be very frustrated. I'd say, I'll never get used to this. <laughs> they left me there six years and guess what i got used to it um and it is an exciting place to be so for six years we were there and then we were assigned to uh the corporate office in atlanta for three years where i oversaw all social service programs and resources across the southeastern u.s and so uh totally different capacity than what i had been in but so incredibly um, fulfilling to be a part of the processes that support those programs to have the opportunity to travel out and visit those programs was just incredible and so uh, so three years there. So for nine years, I was away from the Carolinas and thought yeah. I would never return. And in the middle of the pandemic, I get the privilege of coming to Winston-Salem, and it's been incredible.
0: So, wow. So lots of – do you have any part in, like, choosing where you want to be, or do you just get assignments and they tell you where they want you to go?
1: You get assignments. Um, they, we have advanced over the years, and there is a consultation process that really takes into account things like – if you have a, a child going into their senior year, really try not to disrupt that. Yeah. So yeah. it's those kinds of things. But it's more driven by by need uh, of the locations and the skill sets that you bring and trying to match the best person and skill sets to the needs of the local command. So yeah. there's there's a limited amount of input, and, but you don't get to choose. It's not like in the military. I had a secretary one time, worked for me several years ago, and her husband was a lieutenant colonel in the military, and so he got to put in. Here are the three places I would like to be in one of these doesn't work that way for us.
0: Uh, So 39 years ago, what made you decide to start with the Salvation Army?
1: Um, One of the things that people often, we talked earlier about what people know or don't know about the Salvation Army. One of the things they don't know is that in addition to all the social work that we do and all the services we provide in the community, we are also a church, and I grew up attending the church. My parents attended, so I was raised there. But as I reached my high school years, I just really felt a calling to make this my life work. I wanted to do something that that helped people and that gave back. I grew up in a family where we didn't have a lot. Um, and there were times when the clothes I wore to school were the clothes the Salvation Army gave me. Um, so I've been on that side. And so I just felt a, a calling to be involved at a higher level and to really give back and make this my life work. And and there's a lot of satisfaction in that. Two of the things that we offer in our service area, um, we have in Cartersville a Korean congregation. We have Korean pastors that lead that, um, but a Korean congregation. So if I visit them on a Sunday, I don't know anything that's being said outside of when they introduce me. Um, but it's just a great group of folks. And so we have that here in Winston-Salem on New Walkertown Road. We have a bilingual uh, congregation, English and Spanish large number of the folks there are Hispanic um, and so we have that offering as well so people are able to come and to worship you know in their own language um, mm-hmm. and, and have that available to them and I think that probably you you mentioned earlier before we uh, went live I think um, about misconceptions yeah you know people I always people, love to
0: hear misconceptions yeah, what do
1: people know about us what do they not know about us, and what do they think they know about us? That might not be correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, because we are a faith-based organization, and that is the roots from which we came, a lot of times people just have this idea that we discriminate and we only help people who agree with with our doctrine, and you have to come to our church for us to help you, and that it couldn't be farther from the truth. They are welcome to be a part if they want. Um, But we don't even ask the question when we're working with families in our family shelter, the seniors at our senior center, the children who need to be a part of our Boys and Girls Club program, we don't ask them about their background or preferences or any of that. We just want to help people who are at a point of need. And yet there is this misconception that we discriminate against certain pockets of our population because they don't align with our faith-based doctrine. And that couldn't be further from the truth. So if there were misconceptions, that would be probably the greatest one yeah. that we often encounter. And and I try every chance I get to speak to that because we don't discriminate against anyone uh, who needs our service. Um, yeah, that's,
0: that's good. That's good to know. I think I love that you uh, shared that you've been on the other side of the Salvation Army. I think that that is just like, you know, principals at school. I think it's important that they were once teachers. I think that that's like, you have been on both sides of it, so I think that probably makes you a phenomenal uh, leader of the Salvation Army. So.
1: It, it definitely gives you a different perspective. I've, I've been in situations where I've had clients that were trying to get help, and maybe we couldn't do everything they were needing, and, and they would just, in their frustration, say, you don't understand. You don't know what it's like. And I remember several years ago it was a lady who just became irate, and she just unloaded on me how I don't understand. I don't begin to have a clue. I live this privileged life. And, and there were people in the, in the for in the lobby we were in, I said, let's just step outside and have a conversation. We did and I said, let me just tell you about my journey. Let yeah. me tell you about my upbringing. Let me tell you about the struggles my parents are going through today, trying to survive on disability and, and the struggles that we are faced with, just, just with trying to deal with them. And as we began to have that conversation, her demeanor changed. She calmed down. She said, you really do understand, don't you? Yeah. But in her moment of crisis and need, she just thought, you wear that suit and you have an office you must live the privileged life. Yeah. You know. You like, never
0: know what other people are going through or have gone through. Right, exactly. Yeah.
1: And and sometimes we make we talk about misperceptions. Uh, perceptions. Sometimes we make our own decisions about somebody just based off what we see on the surface, and oh, as yeah. you said. We don't begin to know what they're struggling with or what they, the baggage they brought to work today. Uh, And we may never know that. Yeah. Um, So I always try to look at people and interact with people with that through that lens of, I don't know what they're carrying today. And maybe they lash out at me, but. It may not be that they're upset with it me. It has
0: nothing to do with you.
1: I'm just, yeah. I'm just the, the person in front of them at the moment, and they need to unload on somebody. And so I think if we if we take that approach, I think you know life gets a lot easier for all of us.
0: Yeah, gosh, that's that is the truth. So. <laughs> um, are there any? I'm sure there are. But tell us about the volunteer opportunities that you guys have at Salvation Army.
1: There, there are lots of volunteer opportunities, and there are volunteer opportunities year-round. People associate our volunteer opportunity other misconception (laughs) our volunteer opportunities are only there at christmas that's not true uh we have opportunities year-round we're always looking for uh skilled folks to to help tutor our children in the club and in our family shelter um we always have room for uh, work projects you know we want to come and refresh the landscaping if you want to do an ice cream party for the kids in the summer camp um Or provide a special snack on a Friday afternoon at the club for the kids. uh, Just always things. We do have on our website, there is a volunteer uh, resource there. And we really are, I think, with the times because our volunteer opportunities are online on our website. And you can actually sign up there. You can see what the opportunities are. You can see the time slots available. Pick what works for you and actually do it all right there online. And that's all done through our website.
0: SalvationArmyWS.org. SalvationArmyWS.org. I love that there's a um, variety of volunteer opportunities. It sounds like they there can be a lot of a lot of different ones, a lot of fun ones, and they, good ones to do with a, a group, your family, or a group of friends, or your church group.
1: Exactly, and some of them on site, some of them not. One of the and things that of we often we do is, is um, yes. we'll have we'll have um, toiletry kits that we'll give to families when they come into the shelter. A church group, a school group, you know, civic group. Those are things that you can pack at your convenience, at your location, and drop them off to us. Um, Uh We do welcome home baskets for the families as they leave our shelter going into housing. They'll get a welcome home basket. It has cleaning supplies, you know, mop, broom. Just basic things that we probably all have in our house and don't even think twice about it. But if you're setting up everything and you're starting all over, you don't have those. And so we'll, we'll have those things available to them. Every family that comes into our family shelter, we have new linens on the bed when they come in. And when they leave, they're able to take those with them so that they have some startup. So a lot of times the volunteer support is groups will say, you know what, we're going to do a linen drive. And we'll collect linens for the shelter. Or we're going to do some welcome home kits and drop those off so you have them when you need them. So they're not always things that have to fit a schedule and be on our property, on our terms. There are opportunities that you can do. Wherever and just point yeah, it to us. Yeah, I love that.
0: um Me and Hannah were chatting about we collect things and donations at our Girls Night Out events, and I was like, we should definitely do one for the Salvation Army. We'll think of maybe you know donate items for the Welcome Home kits or for the toiletry kits. That's a something we would love to do.
1: Yeah, th- those are the easy things, and they can be as small or as big as you want. Sometimes yeah. we'll have churches who'll do socks Sunday, and they collect so- new socks for the shelter. We've had flip-flops Sunday, and they collect flip-flops for the kids for the summer. I mean, you can make it as big or as little. I mean, depending on what people's resources are, because one of the things we recognize is not everybody has the same resource. Sure. But people want to help, and they want to do something. So we try to make sure we have opportunities that – We'll, we'll cater to all of those because yeah. at the end of the day, we need the support. We need folks to help us do what we do. We can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having those that range of opportunities is really helpful to us and helpful to the folks that want to be a part of what we're doing.
0: Yeah. Well, this has been so informative. I love that you shared all these misconceptions because um, I'm sure that there are things that you feel like you're a broken record and have to repeat <laughs> constantly. So hopefully you got to tell it to a lot of people in this.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And we appreciate the opportunity to share, um, as, as we said in the beginning, folks know a little bit about us, but even those who, who know to some degree, don't always understand those misconceptions that are out there. So anytime we have a chance to speak to that, that's incredibly uh, important for us. So we appreciate the opportunity. Yeah,
0: well, the Salvation Army doing good things, which I love. <laughs> you can't be doing too many good things. Um, and you can find more, find out more about the Salvation Army online at salvationarmyws.org. Um, volunteer opportunities. I'm sure there's donation opportunities. You can learn about their summer camp programs all the things on their website. And um, hopefully at a Girls' Night Out event soon, we will do a donation drive for something for the Salvation Army. We'll, we'll keep you all updated on that. So Excellent. Major Wiley, thank you for coming on to chat with me. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And as always, you can find Forsyth Mags online at ForsythMags.com. You can read all of our content there, and you can follow us on social media at Forsyth Mags. And that is a wrap for today.